Welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope that this message from our senior leader, Brent Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure that you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. So good to be here. Welcome to those of you who are watching online. And a big shout out to uh, Ben and Crystal because they told me that I had to do that. A shout out to Ben and Crystal and little Zara. Um, shout out to AJ and June and Mark and Diane and um, Dave and Marie. And a big shout out to anybody else who's online. Great to have you in. But I want to say this, it's much better in the room. <laughs> but we understand, don't we, that this is a long weekend and in celebration of the King's birthday, some people have gone away but still choose to come online. So good. Big shout out to those online yet again. What was it, Gray? Jared? Which one? Which one did that? Was that you, Gray? It was Jared. It was Jared. Oh, come on. You've rustled long enough. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Welcome. Uh, I get the opportunity to introduce the series, the new series on relationships and uh, it's actually changed from relationships to let's get honest. Oh, let's get honest, a series on relationships. So I was thinking oh, I was thinking the other day, I thought, oh man, this is kind of, you know, like getting a bit honest and then they put that up, let's get honest. So that was good. It was kind of fitting with regards to what I wanted to share. So um, we're going to talk about relationships. Is that all right? I'm going to give you a whole lot of scriptures to start off with to show you how much the scripture uh, embraces relationship. So uh, it's all about it. And relationship with God, relationship with Jesus, relationship with the Holy Spirit, and in fact, more in some regards, in regards to relationship with others, with each other. And so uh, we are His body, and we've got to get on and get along. So I thought, well, let's kick off with some scriptures that actually hit us between the eyes in regards to our relationships. Over to you, Danielle. Thank you. Love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonour others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes and always perseveres. Excellent, next one. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast, hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Next one. Then the Lord God said, it's not good that the man should be alone. I will therefore make him a helper fit for him. Next, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness? Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. You liking this? The Word of God. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. Honour your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. All relational, 
Relationships, relationships. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Proverbs, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Relationships, relationships. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 9, but if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. There's a word for someone today. (laughs) Well, for it is better to marry than to burn with fashion. It's the Word of God. All right, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. With all humility, with all gentleness, and with patience, bearing with one another in Love, relationship, relationship, relationship. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Did I get a yes? Was that you, DK? All your kids here, are they all here? They're not all here. Some are missing. Yeah, one's in Christchurch. If you're watching online, Israel. Your father just really wanted to emphasise the Scripture. <laughs> that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. What a great promise. Okay, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. <laughs> I don't have to preach much today. I just preach the Word, you know, speak the Word of God and let the Word of God do whatever. A new commandment I give to you that you, as I have loved you, as I have loved you, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would uh, believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. God loves the world. By the way, um, God loves the world. He doesn't just love Christians. Puts a bit of a spin on things when you think about that because there's so many, so many uh, what I would say, religious people hating. So much hate out there at the moment. You've got to remember God loved the world so much He gave His Son for the world. He didn't just give His Son for you. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Relationships, relationships, relationships. Oh, it's a biggie. Yeah, it is a biggie. Have you ever stopped to think why it is that only few people have really amazing relationships. You ever wondered about that? Do you think it's probably it's, they got lucky? Um, they, uh, they were simply the, the chosen ones. <laughs> uh, I think the actual answer is it's because those amazing relationships have actually happened over time. They've actually had to work on it. They've actually had to work on it. And over the years, I've seen people really work hard on their relationships I've seen people fight like cats and dogs and over years become like lambs with each other. Wow. I've, I've also seen heartache in others as the cats and dogs are still apparent. The problem now over years is that these cats and dogs are grown up. They become insurmountable problems that the only way forward, it seems, is to break up that relationship or to break their own relationship. I've seen immaturity, immaturity beyond belief, selfishness, narcissism, and just blatant pride removing such 
further and further away from loving relationships. Hurt people hurt people. That's a quote. And the offended, and to the offended, sorry, all things are offensive. Once you get in a little wee bit of a, a, a you know, a, a bit of a niggle, everything becomes, and you carry offence, everything becomes offensive. Um, I'm amazed at how the Word and the Holy Spirit can be so evident in a person's life, yet that person be so relationally dysfunctional because they have learned to compartmentalise their life. And they come into such environments like this and, and uh, everything's looking so perfect. Oh, Brenda, we just love Annersbrook, what's happening at Annersbrook at the moment, but deep down they hate what's going on at home. Oh, Brenda, it'd be awesome to have the Holy Spirit encounter nights every Sunday night. Amen to that. You know, yet their encounters with their own spouse or family members or business colleagues are devoid of any sense of modelling of anything at all Christian. No exhibitation. That's my word. I just made it up. No exhibitation because it's underlined saying it's not a word. Um, There's no exhibitation of love. (laughs) Of love, care or concern, right? I've seen husbands treat their wives like dirt. Then they go to work and treat their colleagues like best of friends. I've seen wives do the same. They blatantly say, I hope my husband never retires because he'd drive me crazy. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And worst of all relationships is, um, you know, the worst of all relationships, I think, is the power of silence. Silent. Silent in their issues. Silent in their anger. Silent with their problems. They're silent in their grief. They're just simply silent. Some are silent because they've been shut down. Some are silent because they have just given up trying and wind up in their own little cave. Most are silent because they have simply, yeah, as I said, just given up trying. So let's get on us today, shall we? Or let's get on us for the next few weeks and, uh, and see how we go with this. This is, um, by the way, if you've got an iPhone, uh, why don't you get it out and turn it to notes and start to, I'm going to give you some really, really cool points this morning that are going to help you and it's not this is not just for married people yeah I'll be talking about marriage a little bit but it's not just for married people this this whole idea of relationships I think we are all all needing to learn what it is to be better in our relationships with one another a couple invited another couple over for dinner because they uh we'll call them Adam and Eve is that all right is that appropriate um Adam and Eve they were wanting some business advice Adam and Eve came over and as they chatted together, the inviters, those who had invited Adam and Eve, recognised that Eve was not happy at all in regards to this conversation about business. So they asked Eve, what do you think about this business idea? And she reacted strongly back. She said, I know nothing about this. He never discusses anything with me. Then all hell breaks loose as the dirt that had been swept under the carpet for quite some time started to accumulate at this dinner. And out tumbled the disappointment and the anger that Adam was working away from home more and more. And when he did come home on the weekends, he'd sleep downstairs on the couch. And then Adam dropped the bomb. And he said, you know, if it wasn't for those two boys, I would have left you a long time ago. That's pretty serious, isn't it? But here's the problem. Their story is by no means unique. It's not a unique story. Marriages are breaking up at around 40 to 50% in the developed world and cohabitating, or cohabiting, yeah. I'd like to extend my words. <laughs> cohabiting couples are breaking up at a higher rate of 60 to 
the stats tell us that around half, so again, 50% of long-term couples are not going the distance. And what that tells us is that among you, sitting even around you, close to you, could easily be an Adam or an Eve. And that's the reality. But it's not a good reality because the issue that we find in the breakdown of relationships, firstly, it causes trauma, which then spills over into impacting our mental health. And a few years ago, the Mental Health Foundation issued a warning that the absence of quality relationships is killing faster than obesity and lack of exercise. So much research now shows that the single biggest predictor of teenage mental health is because of family dysfunction. Where couples actually separate, the children are 10 to 15% more likely to have mental health problems than those who have parents who stay together. The epicenter of bad mental health is with our 16 to 24 year olds. Relationship breakdown is a huge problem. See, all relationships go through stuff. Anyone been through stuff? I'm not, not just in marriage. Yes, yeah, we're, we've kind of focused on that a little bit. But life happens to all of us. And we have relationships that are close to us, that have been close to us, not so close to us anymore. And sometimes it's because when life happens, hurdles appear. And when the hurdles appear, we don't, we're not equipped to deal with them because we've never learned to actually take classes in relationship. It's just been something that we learn as we grow up, supposedly, supposedly. But we're finding time more than more often than not that we're just not learning, but we're still getting the hurdles. Some of the hurdles occur because of life events, life events like uh, uh, being separated, uh, life events like a major uh, financial situation, um, a, 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 a life event of a serious personal injury or an illness, a life event of being um, uh, fired or made redundant by an employer. Massive life events, again, serious injury or illness uh, to a close family member. Uh, life event, a victim of property crime, uh, uh, theft or breaking into your house. Um, a life event like a hill coming down on the back of your house. Things like that. Um, death of a close friend. Death of a close family member, a parent or a sibling. These are massive life events. Uh, um, uh, changing of address, of residence, can be a major life event. Change jobs. Uh, promoted at work even. Retired from the world. That's a biggie. I've already talked about that one. A major, a major gain in finance. Winning the lottery. I don't know if I can say that here, but uh, some people have. And uh, there's, a, you know, some people have gained finance through inheritance it's, and it's become a major life event. Got pregnant, got married, uh, had a child. All these things are life events. And with these life events come hurdles. And there are four of them. There's only four of them, which is great, isn't it? We only got four to deal with. It's awesome. Four hurdles that you're going to need to leap over together. Here's the first one. Unmet expectations. 
a life event occurs or life events have occurred and there have been unmet expectations that become hurdles in those particular moments. Um, unmet expectations. And I'm not, again, I'm not talking about just a marriage problem, it's a life problem. You can be single, you can be married, you can be working, you can be unemployed, you can be young, you can be old, but having unmet, unmet expectations is poisonous to everyone. You know, for example, I want everyone to like me. That is an unmet expectation because that ain't going to happen. You cannot make everyone like you. Second one, just as examples, I've got to be perfect in my work. I can never make a mistake. Well, this is impossible and it leads to failure. And therefore you think you can actually get into a bad mental health process of thinking you're stupid and incompetent. Here's another one. I expect my kids to behave well in front of other people. (laughs) That ain't gonna happen. Because kids are unpredictable, right? And we can put huge pressure on our kids to perform, which creates problems as they grow up. Unmet expectations is a huge hurdle. And when life happens, a curveball happens, takes place, unmet expectations can climb on into our relationships and destroy anything that was good. So number one is unmet expectations. Number two, the second hurdle, when we gathering life events or going through life events. Brilliant. Poor conflict resolution. What's poor conflict resolution? Well, avoiding. Avoiding conflict. Being defensive. Overgeneralizing. Being right. We'll do a little bit of psychoanalyzing. Uh, Forgetting to listen. Playing the blame game, she made me do it. A little bit of Bible right there. Genesis chapter one. Well, Genesis chapter three, I think it was. Uh, might not even been three. What was it? Genesis, somewhere in Genesis. Oh, it was Genesis chapter three. Phew. Okay. The blame game. Or trying to win the argument. Poor conflict resolution. These are issues that become huge in our relationships. Here we go, number three. Trust and respect issues. Anytime your sense of safety or security is threatened, it can cause trust issues to arise. Number four, poor communication, which is a breakdown that results from a disconnect between what is said and what is actually understood. That's poor communication. Kind of saying, trying to say something, but, the, but you're not really hearing what's being said or you're not saying it as well as what you could do. And so there's a lot of misunderstanding and poor communication. So successful relationships comes from being equipped to get over these four hurdles. Hurdles, because if not, it's, if not stumbling over hurdle after hurdle leads to frustration. Right? There's many people who are in relationships who are very frustrated. And then what happens is frustration leads to what? To anger. And anger becomes full of resentment and we become stuck with no way forward and we end up going our separate ways. That's the, the end result. Successful relationships work on these four hurdles. What are they? Number one. Number two. 
Number three. And number four. Very good. All right. But you may ask, well, okay, Brent, well, how do we work on these things? How do we leap over these hurdles? They're going to be there. We can't just wish them away or will them away. Okay, I'm going to give you four habits. Four habits to deal with these four hurdles. And every one of us, if you're not married and you're looking at getting married, take these notes. It's going to be so important for you. If you're in a relationship with, like, even as a son with a mum or dad or and a dad or vice versa, look, this is going to be so important. The four habits that need to be developed in your life to be able to deal with those hurdles, all right? And, and I, I really do believe it's about building a fence at the top of the cliff rather than landing in the, down the bottom and, and getting sent off in, a, in an ambulance. Much better to build the fence at the top. And in relationship land, these four habits that I'm about to bring to your attention are strong fences that are definitely required, dare I say, even demanded. It's like, we're gonna start some homework. If you're gonna have relationships, you have got to practise these four habits to keep you from falling off the cliff. Four hurdles are overcome by these four habits. You gotta work it, baby. Every failing relationship has lacked one or more of these four key habits in their relationship. Mastering these four habits will get you over the hurdles. You see, I'm really drumming it up, eh? Like, come on, Brenda, you gotta tell us a lot. Uh, and uh, I, I will. And I wanna say this, it's not about being perfect, but it is about being intentional and in developing the habits. And so you wanna know what they are? Okay, here's number one, really important. Be curious and not critical. Oh, ah, Brent. Be curious, not critical. This helps you to overcome unmet expectations. So life happens, right? And it's weird, isn't it? Even in a marriage situation, how opposites attract. It's the craziest thing. You would think that you would kind of hang out with someone who was totally the same, because that would make more sense, right? But we find time and time again, opposites attract. Uh, then there is, you know, there, then there's this whole thing of once you're in kind of, you know, this a marriage relationship, particularly, well, does the seat lid go up or does it go, you know, you know, where does it go? Like, does it stay up or does it? Uh, or what about even just the toothpaste? Like, do I squeeze it from the middle or do I squeeze? You know, I mean, these are really, really important things because what happens to the offended? All things become offensive. So you can be in a relationship with somebody who's completely different to you. You can be a clean freak and the spouse or it can be a dirt maker. <laughs> <You can. laughs> Sorry, I just made that one up as well. You can be an organised spouse and, 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 you can, and you can be a chaotic. So when there is no communication around those issues, it just gets grating, but it never gets sorted. And then everything becomes a problem, even those little things. So many a night becomes each one hugging their side of the mattress rather than hugging each other. 
Even just touching toes is out. <laughs> I'm speaking from personal experience. <laughs> but I'm not going to go there, babe. Not today. But it's amazing how stuff can just get swept under the carpet. Einstein said this, he said, you cannot solve a problem with the same level of thinking that got you in the problem. I'll say it again. You cannot solve a problem with the same level of thinking that got you in the problem. Something has to change. Uh, You know, if you did your homework, you know, like Google anything these days, that's kind of like homework. Most of you will find that your biggest source of frustration in regards to this whole concept of be curious, um, not critical, you would find that your biggest source of frustration is actually really your strength. The things that frustrate you are your strengths and you're expecting the other person to have the same strengths as you and it just doesn't work that way. It's frustrating because what you find as well is that your strengths aren't recognised, they're not appreciated, and so there's a, it all becomes out of balance. So being curious and not critical is about you understanding and investing the time to understand how you are wired differently and how you're, the people you're in relationship with are wired so that then you can play to your strengths rather than spending time and energy just criticising the differences. So given these differences, be curious. Be curious. The difference, when there's a difference, be curious. Well, why do you think like that? What has God created or what circumstances have you gone through that makes you think that way? It's just curiosity. Why? Get interested in how people think differently to you because the way you think is not the only way. Which leads us to habit number two. Be careful, not crushing. Be careful, not crushing. It helps us get over the hurdle of poor conflict resolution. Our natural fight or flight, many of you have probably heard that, those responses are very me-centred. It's about looking after me and my interests rather than being us-centred. So we need to literally reprogram ourselves. These desirable responses to turn up better to these conflict resolutions, to take care of each other through the process, to work towards genuine resolutions, no matter how angry we might be of each other, set some ground rules. Boundaries that would control your behaviour during conflict so that you didn't keep falling over the hurdles again and again and again and again. For example, agree that you will never hit each other. Do we really have to talk about that? Possibly. Set some ground rules. Never threaten divorce just to be spiteful. Never walk out of the house in anger. Yep, you might get angry. You might get frustrated with each other from time to time, but be careful not crushing, which will help you treat each other well with respect and care and you'll come out stronger together. Still with me? Number three, 
Ask, don't assume. Ask, don't assume. That's a biggie, isn't it? And this helps you get over the mistrust and the disrespect that can creep into a relationship. So let's go back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, their biggest challenge was different perception of respect in their relationship. You see, finding out what was going on with them, Adam wanted his wife Eve to be, to be like his very conservative mum who knitted, sewed, cooked, waited for hubby to come home after a hard day's work and greet him at the door with slippers. And that Eve would do for him like his mum did for his dad. In fact, more than that, Adam expected Eve to become best friends with his mum <laughs> and learn how to be his ideal wife that way. Yeah. A little bit of uh, unmet expectation right there. Eve, on the other hand, she's thinking, no way, Jose. What planet are you on? Because in her mind, they were never going to have a relationship that looked remotely like Adam's mum and dad. So they needed help to understand that there are some big unmet expectations right there. So learning to have healthy respect for each other was key and understanding each other's roles and responsibilities in each season of life now had to become a priority if the relationship was going to survive. Within a week, Adam and Eve had really been able to unblock some challenges and were able to have their first proper conversation in years. So habit three is about getting good at having those courageous conversations that see us asking and discussing other than assuming and stereotyping. Last one, habit number four. Connect before you correct. Connect before you correct, which is about learning how to communicate real value and appreciation and holding back on our insatiable need to give constructive feedback. It's so easy to be familiar and take each other for granted and to constantly be at each other. It's only a small little wee word that at, being at each other, but it's, uh, you know, it holds a lot of power. As the saying goes, people go where they feel welcomed, but they stay when they feel valued. People go where they feel welcomed, but they'll stay when they feel valued. So you need to be deliberate in finding specific ways to build warmth in the relationship. If, it can sometimes be just breaking the routine. Go to a movie, have a date night, Find ways to warm up the relationship. Keep the fun, the anticipation and the intimacy in the relationship. Otherwise you lose the magic and you just become functional. So you're a function, you know, as far as a married couple is concerned, you're a functioning couple, uh, basically focused on working, laundry, dishes, meals, cleaning, running after the kids. And I think... We've all signed up for more than that. Connect before you correct is about being deliberate and shifting the balance to connecting before correcting. Just shift the balance. Too often we're correcting, 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 and we're not connecting. We think our correcting is connecting, but it's not. And these habits are not just nice to haves. These four habits can literally save lives and they demand some attention. Now I'm gonna go back to Adam and Eve's story because it continues. 
because their story almost, um, well, let me share with you how their story almost ended. Two weeks after the dinner, this couple met up with the, the, the original couple who invited them. Things were much better with Adam and Eve. They were holding hands and they were laughing. But as they opened up and shared about the experience, Eve came out with something quite shocking. She said, you know, I found myself thinking that if Adam did go ahead with the divorce, I'd just write him a letter, tell him to look after the boys and I'd walk in front of a bus. But for a chance conversation over dinner, tragedy could have struck Adam and Eve and their two boys. Fortunately, that family was saved. However, many other relationships are falling prey to such tragedy. The ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. Relationship breakdown can literally kill us. This is why it's important. Can I encourage you all to purposely build these four fences at the top of the hill? Otherwise, tragedy could strike and you could fall prey to a fate Four habits, four fences, you choose. Stop leaving your relationship to chance. Get equipped. You're equipped for so many other areas in life, but few ever equipped for a relationship. So church, it's time to get honest. We all invest in things that we value, right? We, we invest in our education, we invest in our home. We invest in our KiwiSaver. So what's stopping you from investing in your relationships? What would the world look like if everyone was practising these four habits of being more curious than critical, of being more careful than crushing, of asking rather than assuming, more connecting rather than correcting? When we all start developing and practising these habits, not only do we significantly increase our chances of our relationships thriving, but now we begin to thrive as individuals and as families, as companies, as businesses and as a nation. And if we each can take responsibility of developing these four habits in our relationships together, maybe, just maybe, we leave the world a better place for the generations to come. That's it. That's the start. That's the intro. Big sandwich, I know. But it's got to be said. So what I want to do is I want to pray for every one of us, every one of us. A prayer is simply just ask Holy Spirit to begin to do something new that needs to be done for those who need it. The Holy Spirit to begin to be activated and not just compartmentalised. It's not just happy church day. It's gonna be a happy day every day because I'm prepared to actually work on those four habits in my life. But you're gonna need the Holy Spirit to help you because too many of us, we've cut grooves in our relationships and we can't get out of the ditch. We're in the ditch, we can't get out. Holy Spirit can help you. Holy Spirit can help you. So much of the Word of God in regards to relationships. And love is the key factor. So I'm gonna pray the Holy Spirit because you know, remember God is love. God is love. 
When, when you connect with God, something begins to take place, a pure love, a, a love that goes beyond conditions. Because too many of us are living in conditional love. I'll love you if, if, if. So there's a love that God can release on your life if you want it. It can lift, lift, lift you up out of that groove, lift you up out of that ditch and bring to you again meaning in your relationships. So every eye closed, every head bowed, just for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What are you carrying? What's the hurdle you're leaping, trying to leap over right now? What's going on in your world? What's going on with your relationships? What's happening? Where's it at? Are you just happy with status quo? Are you just happy to go with what's going on or you, you want something better? I'll tell you what, leaving somebody often isn't the answer. It's actually developing, getting yourself equipped to actually learn how to build these habits in your life is what's important. So Father, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, it's the anointing of God coming upon our relationships, coming upon our marriages, coming upon our families again. Not just coming upon ourselves just for a bless me up time. But God, your Holy Spirit coming in power for a reason to see relationships strengthened in Jesus' Name. I pray whatever hurdle is going on right now, I pray you'd have the answer. I pray the Holy Spirit, I'm asking you Holy Spirit to do a work in us as a people that we'd know what it is to blaze a trail through this nation, that this nation would know what it is to be able to look at us as Christians and to see a difference, to be able to see us as who You've called us to be, to be able to uh, absolutely be the channel, be the instrument of Your love that goes beyond offence, that goes beyond unforgiveness, that goes beyond bitterness, where we just let it all go. For some of you, just let it go. Let it go. The Holy Spirit empowering you to get you up out of that ditch where you've got so hard, such a stony heart in regards to others around you. It's not hurting them, it's hurting you. So Holy Spirit, I pray, the Bible says that He puts a new spirit in you. He takes out of you your heart of stone. He takes out of you your heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh, soft again. What a supernatural work of God. I, I tell you, you're gonna go home today and things are gonna be changed. Things are gonna be different because you're prepared to start developing the four habits that you need to develop with the power of God, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thank You, Holy Spirit, that You're so interested in every detail in our lives. Thank You, Holy Spirit, that, that we can actually change the groove in our own thinking, change the groove in our own relationships. They can become stronger. They can become more meaningful. They, they can become loving again. I thank You, Lord. Come on, why don't you just thank Him? Come on, you just thank Him yourself. Thank You, God. Help me to instill these four habits and my life that will change us for eternity. In Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. 
email us at info at annasbrook.co.nz or visit our website.